welcome back to Coffee Books. Today we're continuing on from the middle of page 68 in Coffee, a Connoisseur's Companion by Claudia Rodin. Roasting. Ideally, every household, restaurant, and a cafe should have its own roasting equipment, since coffee is better made with freshly roasted beans. Green beans are roasted to develop aroma, flavor, and body, a practice started in the 13th century. During the process, chemical changes take place. Soluble oils are developed, caramel is formed, adding its distinctive taste and giving coffee its rich brown shades, and gases are liberated inside the bean. These are the components of caffeol, which gives the precious aroma. In the 17th and 18th centuries in England, coffee was browned over charcoal fires, in ovens and on top of stoves, in earthenware tart dishes, old pudding pans, and frying pans. In Germany, where Frederick the Great had banned the consumption of coffee by ordinary citizens, it was the aroma of home roasting that led his coffee smellers to discover those who were breaking the law. Today it is mainly the poor from the less developed countries who do their own roasting. Various devices exist for this. Old style ones include a small rotating perforated drum and a covered pan with a top handle, which turns an oar pushing the beans over and around. I have collected a few very primitive roasters, including a Bedouin one, which is like a giant spoon on three legs with a long metal stirrer attached by a chain. There are now very good electric home roasting machines, but anyone can attempt their own roasting at home in a heavy frying pan if they are prepared to learn the hard way by practice. It is not easy to achieve an even roast, but when you do, you will be rewarded by a magnificent aroma and a fine cup of coffee. Use an old heavy pan, have an open window, or use an extractor to carry away smoke and chaff. Use only one layer of green beans otherwise they will not roast evenly. The best results are obtained from a medium, slow fire at the beginning, then a quick, high heat for development at the end. The quicker the roast, the better the coffee. Shake the pan constantly, stir and turn over the beans with a spatula or a wooden spoon so that the heat reaches the beans evenly on all sides. With peaberry beans, which are rounded and roll about nicely in the pan, it is easier to get a more uniform roast. Do not panic if the beans start to brown unevenly. Some always do to begin with. They will shrivel up, become a yellowish brown, then swell, darken, and occasionally pop open. Test a bean for readiness by biting into it or cracking it between your fingers. It must be thoroughly roasted inside as well as outside. Watch the color. The art is to stop just before the desired degree of roasting has been reached. It takes practice. It might be sensible to strive at first for a medium brown. Never let the beans darken more than chocolate brown, and be careful that the coffee oils do not catch fire. Remove from the fire and cool quickly on marble is a good way, to preserve the aroma by closing the pores of the beans. The brown nuggets, evenly colored from inside to outside, are ready for grinding as soon as they have cooled. Another way of roasting coffee is in the oven. Put the beans in a roasting tin in a very hot oven, 240 degrees Celsius, 475 degrees Fahrenheit, gas 9, for 20 minutes, shaking them occasionally. This will be enough for a mild to medium roast. 
for a high roast, reduce to 200 degrees Celsius, 400 degrees Fahrenheit, gas 6, and leave another 20 minutes. You may like to throw in spices towards the end of a roasting, as Ethiopians do. Use cloves, 5 to 8 for 8 cups of coffee, a small piece of cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg, and sometimes cardamom or fennel seeds. Grind them together with the beans. Most of us prefer to save ourselves the trouble and the disappointment of unevenly roasted beans and rely on the skilled roaster at the specialist coffee shop. He watches over his beans being tossed about in the revolving cylinder placed alluringly in the shop window. He varies the heat slightly according to whether the coffee is new or old and dry and thrusts in his trier shaped like a long spoon to see if they are done. Computer-generated and automatic coffee plant operations work on the same principles as the small-capacity machines. Here, cold water is often used to head the roast. It turns to steam and is not absorbed, but just slightly swells and brightens the beans. Some commercial roasters use a hot air system. These kinds of roasters give consistency of roast, but quality is sacrificed to a certain extent because nothing can replace smelling and looking. Finishing or glazing is practiced to a small extent in the trade. A method of moist friction polish is common, as well as coatings of sugar and egg to make coffee more attractive. In the French or Belgian sugar roast, sugar caramelizes with the heat and makes a shiny black bean. It is also supposed to preserve the roasted bean and retain the aroma and oils. In Italian roast, a little butter is sometimes added with sugar to the cylinder. Although terms and degrees of roasting are interpreted differently by individual roasters, and while most use only two types of roast, medium and dark, four types are generally recognized. Light or pale roast, also called cinnamon and half city. Medium roast, also called full city, American, and regular. Dark or full roast, also called high Viennese, French, and continental and darkest roast, also called Italian and espresso. Light and medium roasts, which preserve the acidity and allow the beans to keep their delicate flavors and aromas, are recommended for delicately flavored coffees. They are especially suitable for breakfast and with milk. The darker roasts, where much of the acidity disappears and a strong, bitter kick and sweet caramelized taste replace it, are best drunk black. They are recommended for after dinner. A dark, full roast has a rich, tangy flavor and a good balance between sweetness and sharpness. All the acidic qualities and distinctive coffee flavors have gone from the almost black, oily beans of the darkest espresso or Italian roast, but fans appreciate their pungent, bitter flavor. Southern Europe and the Levant as well as the producing countries favor dark roasts. Southern Italians roast to the point of carbonization while Northern Italians prefer a medium roast for their espressos. Anglo-Saxons have traditionally always drunk light and medium roasts, but now dark roasts, associated with educated European tastes, are fashionable, and many espresso coffee lovers have become addicted to the bitter, oily black beans that taste burnt. In America, trendy roasters prefer dark roasts, and it is they who set the trends. There are hot debates on the merits of the various degrees of roasting, 
but the general view in the specialist trade is to use medium roasts when dealing with the finest coffees, and darker roasts with cheaper coffees, because of much of the original flavor is driven off. Good roasting is about developing each type of coffee to its maximum potential, about preserving and bringing to their peak the flavor and aromatic characteristics of each type of bean. Some people confuse strength with darkness of roast, but strength depends on the concentration. We'll leave off here today, and we'll start again next morning at the top of page 72 on the section called Grinding. Thank you for listening again, coffee books lovers. I'll see you again next morning.